Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we incorporate cool-looking parkour action into the podcast. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including some ways Nintendo is celebrating Mario's 35th anniversary still, and also celebrating the holidays. And then on Thursday, we're talking about what next-gen usually means for Nintendo. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I love that both you and I have our hoodies out. It is officially cold-ish weather in Los Angeles, and I love it. I got a text from my brother who lives in Colorado, who uh, will always send me this text when it is snowing that just reads Snow Barrel Blast, a reference to, uh, you know, uh, level 4-1 in Donkey Kong Country, maybe 3-1. Which one is the snowy world? Is that the oh, third one or the... Mm-hmm. Four. I, mm. I believe it is 4-1. I think it, I think it is 4-1. Um, uh, and I said, yeah, it, it's winter has also come to Los Angeles in that it is now currently 63 <laughs> degrees. And we got a smattering of rain. There was a little bit of rain over the weekend. <laughs> Look, I know we are done doing the weather report, Mark. But, and yet we never are. <laughs> no, it's true. I Look, there are a few things that we will never escape. And the weather is one of them. Here's another one. The Sonic Forces borrowing program. Would you like to be a part of it, especially now that there is a spoilery little goose in there that you might accidentally get my copy of Untitled Goose Game by participating in this uh, program, this borrowing program? Of course you do. What you got to do is you got to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and uh, give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces or a copy of Untitled Goose Game. You won't know which, uh, and you cannot ask me. Um, you just got to get on that list and, uh, you know, just become, you know, give yourself over to the program. It's, 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 it's the way to go. Program take the wheel, like we're always saying. Yes, we look, we are always saying that the program should have more control over us and over our listeners. Uh, you know, all all uh, glory to the program. <laughs> um, Mark, we've got a tweet uh, that and this is important, um, of course. Uh, we will frequently uh, discuss musical theater on this uh, program. Uh, and Mark, you in particular, uh, I've spent a lot of time talking about the uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, what what were they called again? Oh, uh, the show shows must show go must on go on. on. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. I'd love me some Lord Andy. Um, so we got uh, well, we were alerted to uh, Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber's um uh, tweet uh, about his new show, um, Cinderella. Um, which of course is not going not going up just yet because of course COVID nineteen. Um, but they are releasing it as an album first, uh, and the lead single for it is out. So we got a tweet from uh, A. V. Guevara uh, at Prismos Pickle um, saying at Nincart Society, oh boy, I can't wait to hear both of your thoughts on this. Um, so the sing- the single is called Bad Cinderella. Mark, I've given it a listen. I don't know if you have it yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Couldn't How- click on it fast enough. 
Yeah, well, I know. I, I clicked on it, and then it was like I had to click on another thing, and then it was like <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music, and I was like, I can't do this. So I went to my own music app, pulled it up, uh, and and listened to it. Mark, what did it, what did you think? So I thought it was not very good, but here, but uh, so it's very like um, look, I love I love Lord Andy, uh, but he has a very like classical style, and. I know that he used to do. That's interesting. That's interesting. Look, I, look, I know that he used to do, you know, like rock operas, mm-hmm. and uh, but that was a long time ago. And Bad Cinderella is his is like I feel like an attempt to be a little more modern, a little more edgy. To me, it kind of felt like a weak Katy Perry song, like supposed so to be like a I, anthem, yeah, I, and I just didn't get it. I will agree with that sentiment that it's got a little bit of like the modern pop aesthetic of like you say like a Katy Perry or like a Miley Cyrus or something um but sort of mixed with the like contemporary Broadway sound of like uh Frozen or um uh Wicked you know with that like kind of belty anthemic sound but it also is it has that like so- the sonic weirdness of Jesus Christ Superstar um where like you know, the original recordings of that is something that I have a really hard time listening to. It sounds like 70s, scronky, like weird. Uh, and I think I my I suspect that the rest of the show is going to sound strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sort of in for it. Like, give me something weird. Here's what I'll say. I didn't really like it, but uh, all afternoon it's been stuck in my head. So well, so there you go. What do you, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Who got the last laugh? <laughs> of course, it is Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Lord, sir, sir, I, and, and sir Lord. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes, yeah. It seems like Lord should be in there, but I don't think he is a Lord. It's just the Lloyd that's tripping us up. <laughs> Maybe he is uh, a Lord. Right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, look. How does one become a Lord? <laughs> um. All right. Uh. So, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So I feel like I've given myself a mandate here, right? Of uh, we didn't know whether this you can play as Luigi in uh, Super Mario Brothers 35 is real or fiction, and you have to be level 100 in order to uh, do it. Uh, it reportedly, um, tell me we so, have some closure here. No, no, not yet. <laughs> we, uh, look, I am chipping away at it. I'm currently level 83, um, so I'm getting there. But the levels are now like high enough that like I don't I will not level up unless I um get first place in a thing. So like it, it's not hard to do, but it doesn't happen every time, right? Um, so it's it's slow going. I'm getting there. I will get closure for us, uh, and hopefully before the game vanishes forever <laughs> on <laughs> March thirty first, twenty twenty one. How many like levels, as in like levels from Super Mario Brothers? have you unlocked at this point like how far are not, you into not not all of them oh, um, i mean i've it's at some point they they stop coming chronologically so like i have mm. some from from world eight um and kind of all all throughout but there are levels from the original super mario brothers that i have not unlocked yet i always start with three one um is uh my my go-to because there are hammer brothers in there uh, and if I can, the sooner I can start inflicting Hammer Brothers on other people, the more chaotic I know it's going to get. Um, the, a thing that I have realized as I play this game more, and maybe this is the the true source of chaos, is Lockatoos. Um, because once once people start killing Lockatoos, 
and sending them over to each other's screens, people panic and start using stars and pow blocks to get rid of them as fast as possible, which just sends them somewhere else. <laughs> so, like, if you start playing in, like, the top 10 or something and people are sending Lockatoos at each other, you will get just waves and waves. I mean, like, literally... 20 Lockatoos just like coming <laughs> onto your screen and you just got to deal with them and send that mess over to someone else. I was playing it a little bit this past week uh, after having not played it since like it first came out and I, I enjoyed it more this time. I think just because like I went into it knowing what I was about to experience, but yeah. I don't know about you. Like I Tetris 99, I like a lot, but it is like really intense and high energy every time you play but i find this one a little bit more relaxing because it's like slower paced and you're just kind of playing mario and the later that it goes it does get a little bit i mean obviously it gets crazier as more and more enemies go on screen but it doesn't have the same like frantic energy and so i find that it's like easier to just kind of like zone out with yeah and it actually does favor the patient like um you know there there are a lot of ways where you're like oh my clock is constantly running down it behooves me to get to the end of the level and you know get that little time bonus and start killing new enemies and whatever but like if you build up a a, a nice cushion um it does behoove you to just sort of like hang out chill kill some enemies don't die um you know like it it really does uh you are benefited by by your patience um and i i, th- I think a lot of the re- uh, you know there is the reason of I do want to see if we can play as Luigi in this game. Um, but also, like, you know, the, this last week has been a, a stressful one, um, you know, with the uh, results of the election sort of just kind of hanging in limbo for uh, so long. Um, so I, I, I was looking for something that was just like taking my mechanical attention away, you know, something that would, um, you know, get my brain in like a prefrontal kind of way and just make hijack my brain to make it uh process something else um so that's also why i've been playing a lot of hades this week um because i you know that that game has a lot of wonderful like uh social elements like social within the game pretend social with uh the the characters in there and growing those relationships but it is mostly about dashing around a map beating up monsters and stuff um and so just uh, super mario brothers 35 and hades have been like a sort of perfect, uh, you know, endless loop of just mechanically demanding things. Um, and so they, they, they have both been wonderful to me this week. Uh, cannot say enough good things about Hades. I know I have on this show before. Uh, and so it just I'm, I'm re- reiterating it all now. It, that, that game is wonderful. I now feel sad that I took a couple weeks off from it. Um, I am fully re-obsessed with it. <laughs> uh, I've still been playing Super Mario Sunshine. A game that I continue to love, but I look, I get it there. I'm running up against some areas where I'm like, I cannot believe I have to do this one more time. Like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, there's this. What 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 is it that what is it that you have to do one more time? Okay, so well, so and it's one more time because I keep failing at it, and so I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe I have to start over. But there's like a uh, when you're on Delfino in Delfino Plaza, you know, there's like a couple of islands out in the horizon. And there are some boats that are, like, traveling around. And in order to, um, like, get to this far island where there's, uh, like, a, a person out there and there's a um, pipe that has, like, the goo on it that only a Yoshi can, like, use their juice to get rid yeah. of. And so in order to get all the way out there, you have to time it correctly. So you get a Yoshi, 
you have to make sure you have enough juice because like Yoshis only stay alive for like a certain amount of time and you have to eat fruit in order to like keep them active. So you have to time it correctly. So you eat a Yoshi, you get a Yoshi, eat fruit, get on a, one boat and then make sure that it's the correct timing. So a second boat will meet that first boat. Oh, boy. You have to jump to the second boat and then that boat goes to like out to the ocean where there's a little platform. You jump on that, eat, the, eat another fruit to replenish Yoshi and then you have to jump on a third boat and make it to the pipe on time. And for whatever reason, when I am, uh, like, I've done it multiple times, like, probably, like, five or six times, and uh, the journey takes a long time, so redoing it is so infuriating. But, like, I'll get that second piece of fruit and then jump to the third boat, and then, like, every single time, I jump a little too far, and I just, like, hit the top and then, like, slide right off and right into the water, which means Yoshi, like, disappears. So you have to start all over. Wow, um, is is that a a thing that you accomplished as a kid? And I don't are... remember. I feel like I oh, must man. have, but I yeah. don't. Uh, I don't remember. I feel like it's one of those things that, like, if you like picked up the game or something, you could probably get it in like two seconds. It's just n- not because I'm doing anything wrong, but you know how that happens in games where you're like, for whatever yeah. reason, you just hit a wall and you're like, I cannot mechanically, like, I can't get my fingers to do this. That's how I feel with this one. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that, Mark. But I'm also, you know, I had downloaded a bunch of demos, uh, and so I'm slowly like cleaning, going my way, going through them, cleaning those up a little bit. So I played the Control Cloud Edition demo. Um, hey, yeah, and it's not very long because really it is. It's kind of like kind of like a technical thing where you play the first maybe five or ten minutes of the game just to confirm just to that your system you can. can do it, yeah. and then it's like, okay, now like go buy the thing if you want to play more. Um, so when you are doing it, you have two options. You have one that like, uh, prioritizes graphics and then, or one that prioritizes performance. And I was like, well, I might as well see what, like how my system holds up. So I'm going to prioritize graphics. Um, interesting. I, I did it on, so I have like the, uh, ethernet adapter for the switch. Cause I had bought it for, yeah. um, super smash brothers ultimate. And so I was playing it docked with the wired connector. I don't have a great internet connection. Like, it's fine. I would say it's probably, like, like medium. Like, it's, like, moderate. And uh, it worked totally great. Like, I didn't have any oh. problems. Um, so I even wonder what it would, like, what performance mode would look like if it was try Or, sorry, if it was, like, yeah, if it was trying to prioritize, like, performance instead of graphics. But um, I well, don't the difference, know. The difference with those is usually, right, uh, between, like, Graphics meaning resolution and performance being frame rate, right? Yeah, I would assume that is correct. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've talked about before, I'm not super sensitive to, you know, graphical fidelity. And so uh, it, like, I was really impressed at how smooth, like, how much it worked. And I kept waiting for it to hang or for something to happen. And it didn't. And so I'm kind of interested in checking out more. The um, other thing I did was I played the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity demo. And the only thing, like, uh, I enjoyed it. The thing that I'm trying to figure out is, like, what is the right um, uh, difficulty setting for me? Because I feel like sometimes, you know, like I did for Fire Emblem Three Houses, I'm like, I just want this to be a pleasant experience. I'm just going to play it on easy and just, like, enjoy the story. For this one, I started playing on easy, but I feel like with a Musou game like that, like, easy is 
maybe too easy for what I'm looking for. Yeah, interesting. Because the game is, the, those games can be kind of, it's not that they're devoid of strategy, but the combat itself is usually very like, okay, you're just going to mow down like tons and tons of enemies. And so if there's not like any challenge, I'm worried that I might get like bored with it. So I'm trying to figure out like what exactly is the right difficulty setting. Uh, that That is interesting because I, I played it on the normal difficulty. Right there, there is just like a difficulty. You just choose like easy, normal, normal or hard, hard. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I, I, I believe I also, uh, or that I went with the the medium difficulty level. Um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't difficult, but like I did find that like I was engaged in thinking about like how I was going to fight things. There, uh, and there was, um, a thing where, uh, like I had to uh, approach it a couple different times. Um. Wait, was that in that, or was this when I was playing the original Hyrule Warriors? Now I can't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know I I, I found that I I was uh, in actually engaging with it and not just uh, kind of like button mashing my way um, through it. What what did you think of like the uh, the sort of story presentation of it and like that the the little guardian egg thing and all that? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fun. I'm interested to see like where it's going. It um. I'm also interested to see, like, obviously it plays very different from Breath of the Wild, and but it looks very similar. And so, you know, one of the things I was excited about for this game is just, like, being in the world of Breath of the Wild. And I'm interested yeah. to see how much more that plays out, like, the further you get into the game. Because from the demo itself, I, um, I don't know. Like, clearly this is a Warriors game, and it definitely felt more yeah. like a Warriors game set in like the Hyrule of Breath of the Wild than it did Breath of the Wild. But I uh I guess just like the further we get into it and as the environments get more varied, I'm hoping that um I don't know, like the environment plays a bigger part of it, because that's one of the things I liked so much in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I mean it, you know, in, in in the first chapter you're playing on uh there there are so many of the battles that just take place on like the grassy plains, you know, surrounding Hyrule Castle. And like at, when you have finished up all of like the regular chapter one stuff, you can see where all of the um, chapter two, I don't know if there's it's a couple different chapter twos or if it's like two, three, four and five, but they're all in the various realms of the other champions. So like, you know, part of the thing that I miss in just this demo, and this is maybe a silly criticism because it's the demo, um, but like is I want to see those other areas of Hyrule. And it's cool that they're like teased in here. Um, and it's neat to like interact with them or at least like have them shown to me via the map that I know so well um, from the original Breath of the Wild. Uh, but like, yeah, that's a, a part of it that feels missing from the demo. Um, it seems like will be present in the game itself. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping as well. Um... All right. Well, so that's uh, I I continue to play Super Mario Picross because uh, it's <laughs> it's perfect, and I can't believe it never came out on Super Nintendo. All right, Mark. That's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, November tenth, uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin is released on Switch. It's a game that I think was shown off in one of I can't remember in one of the showcases, either Partner Indie or like Nintendo. Uh, direct but um it's a the it's a game that splits between like combat and like farm sim so the combat 
the combat is like a side-scrolling action game, and then you also have this like uh, simulation aspect of it where you have to farm like rice and everything because rice gives you energy to do the combat. The art style is really interesting. I think it was developed by two people. It's kind of cool looking. Uh, I wish there was a demo that I could check out. But yeah, Sukuna of Rice and Ruin is out uh, today. And then on Thursday, November 12th, Just Dance 2021 is released. And then on Friday, November 13th, you have Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory releasing on Switch. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered is released. And then also that Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers edition is supposed to be released. Where are these pre-orders, Nintendo? It's, look, man, we've got no, I, there's no, there are no pre-orders. We're out here in the wilderness. I don't even know if it's actually going to come out. It feels like it won't, but maybe do, it will. Do you How that, do you buy stuff in stores <laughs> right now? Do you think that, well, it, it's interesting. It's featured on, we'll get to it in a little bit of news, but like Amazon has that page for Mario's 35th anniversary and it's yeah. featured on there. I don't know. It, the thing that's weird to me is like, is the fact that they said pre-orders were coming soon. No pre-orders happened in the U.S. Is that a good sign or is that a like really ill omen of availability well i mean who knows i i don't i don't think it is portending that there are going to be so many of them that it'll be no problem (laughs) if you want to like i i I think they they will be in limited quantities and they will just be rolling out to stores at random um and you'll just never know when they're available but like that that's the sort of thing that like uh, feels inconvenient and uh, crappy in normal times, but in an era where like we're not going to stores regularly, um, it seems like absolute chaos. Like, will they be available at, for uh for like online purchases? Because like that's how I buy everything right now. I know, and the fact that like we know nothing about nothing. And look, under normal circumstances, I would just say yeah, like that is just how Nintendo rolls. But it's just weird to me that they specifically called out that pre-orders were going to be happening soon, and then pre-orders yeah. never yeah, happened. Right. And the fact that like there's that piece of it, I just I feel like I don't really know what to think or like what to expect. I, it's uh, this is happening on the same week as the next generation of consoles for uh, PlayStation and Microsoft Xbox um, hit, hit the shelves, and PlayStation in in particular was saying. Uh, do not go, you know, we, we are not, um, you, you can buy consoles in store, uh, but like do pre-purchase, like no, no lines, like no, you know, like they're being very conscious of like, you need to control, uh, where people are going to be like waiting for this thing. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise there's a coronavirus and we're all going to get sick. Um, and, uh, that Nintendo is uh, just, uh, releasing a piece of physical hardware. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> reportedly, the, allegedly releasing this piece of hardware without any sort of plan for like getting it in people's hands. Um, like just now, uh, the thing that like led me to talking about the uh, next generation consoles is like I just had the thought like, oh, maybe I can just go to Best Buy, uh, you know, first thing on Friday morning, uh, like drive by there, see if there's like a, a line or something, and then like if there is, I'm not waiting in a like that's insanity. <laughs> um, so like I I just. I just don't know what to do here. I want this stupid thing, uh, but I feel like I'm not going to be able to get it. Yeah, the complete lack of communication, I think, is, is like, is weird. It's just, it's just weird. Because yeah. um, even with, like, something like the NES Classic Edition, like, 
uh, nobody really knew to, what to expect, but you knew that you could like show up at a store and like wait it out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, and I like, guess we didn't know that it was going to be a dire situation when it right. happened, um, or that, or that they would sell so few uh, like additional controllers with the thing. Oh, Do you right. remember this? That there were like uh, the the first Best Buy that I went to. No, it was a Target. It was a Target um, to try and buy this thing. Um, there were they had like forty something consoles and like three extra controllers. So the first three people in there got That's extra so controllers, wild. and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all hoping for better with the Game and Watch, yeah, Super Mario Brothers edition. Um, but you don't get out of uh, uh, Just Dance twenty twenty one coming out on Thursday without telling me whether or not you're going to get Just Dance twenty twenty one. I'm I am not going to get Just Dance twenty twenty one. Um. Because I still have like thirty days left on the like, uh, sure. old like, just dance pass or whatever it's called that, or just dance unlimited that gives me like all the access to the tw- the music in the twenty twenty version. And also, um, like I have clearly reached an age where it's like the new additions that they're adding. It's like I don't know who these people are, and so you know, like I'm I'm mostly in it for the for the catalog titles, anyways. All right, let me let me throw a hypothetical at you. Okay. Just Dance 2021 revealed, we'll say, to have to include the track Bad Cinderella. <laughs> oh, what do you do now, Mark? Ooh, oh, that's <laughs> oh man, that's like an unfair question. Uh I I will say that you know in the glory days of like um like Rock Band Beatles edition or whatever, if they had like a Just Dance Lord Andy version, I'd be all over it. Ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> I guess uh, that's maybe more of a like sing star kind of kind of thing, right? <laughs> well, you don't think I can get down to the Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> Mark, you know I would pay good money to see that. Um we we also sort of blew past uh Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory and Need for Speed uh Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered. Um I w- you know, I I checked out that demo for Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. Um, which I still recommend that uh, y- you do, Mark, if you're even remotely interested. It's still on in my it. Switch, yeah. There you go. Um, and uh, it's uh, I don't know. I- I'll I'll be interested to see what like reviews are for this game. I I'm certain that I'm not going to uh, pick it up, but like uh, something like that feels very appealing to me. There's a lot of video game music that I listen to while like working or like trying to do other stuff. Um, the uh, there is a a mix of relaxing music from Chrono Cross. You remember Chrono Cross uh, on, on PlayStation originally uh, that I've been listening to a lot lately. Um, and like, if I were able to do the sort of uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory style gameplay to music that I know and mm-hmm. like and like get hyped by al- already, um, I feel like I would really be into it. And I know what that is, is the Final Fantasy, <laughs> Final Fantasy theatrhythm. Uh, but if it was on Switch, I mean. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's close out the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today 
as it is getting cool in Los Angeles. It is winter, we've established. Um, we are going to turn our attention to outerwear, and we are going to rank the main forms of uh, male outerwear, outerwear in general. I guess it's not gender specific. Yeah, yeah. I think anybody can enjoy these pieces of outerwear. Yeah, that's that. That's right. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to have uh, even <laughs> attempted to gender it. So, Mark, you you've you've broken it down into uh, five categories. Yes. Um. So, and I am open to additional categories, but the ones I have written down are cardigans, mm-hmm. sweatshirts, hoodies, jackets, and coats. So I feel like those are good. Uh, I, I will frequently um, skip steps in the sort of like green thing and like it, I won't put on a, a hoodie or a sweatshirt and I'll just go right for a hat or right for a scarf, mm-hmm. uh, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, with like a T-shirt or whatever, which is something that we are afforded, of course, by living in Los Angeles where it never truly gets cold. <laughs> and and I, I debated including hats and scarves in here and I'm not opposed to doing so. I didn't because they feel so different. But they I do, agree yes. that, like, if we're just saying, like, the utility of outerwear is to make one, like, warmer as well as jaunty, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then, like, hats and scarves would absolutely could be included on this list. Like, I'm open to that. It just, it, it does feel different enough, and it feels, like, affected enough. Like, they, there was a, a period of time where in the winter, when this is back when we were doing improv, that I was uh, excited about the time of year where it was appropriate. I could wear a, like, knit cap, you know, uh, during... Uh, while I was on stage, I call it hat on improv, and I know it's insufferable, and I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but it is uh, it, it is uh, like quirky and affected, and like I don't think should be included in our power rankings of these top five. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. We will um, keep quirkiness yes. to a minimum. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I think uh, we have to address the elephant in the room first, and just uh, come out with it. Hoodie is our number one, right? I yeah I think so and like uh, I mean we just talked about improv so I think that probably tells you everything you need to know like I mean what more is there to say so like we enshrined the hoodie yeah. as number one we have done it I'm like we acknowledge it now let us move on to the other forms of outerwear let us well, tarry let me, on hoodie no longer let, no I I want to <laughs> I want to stay on okay, hoodie for we shall tarry we shall we're tarry t- we're, ta- we're talking like a zip up hoodie right not like a pullover hoodie. That's right, and that's an important distinction, yes. Because at some point, you have to get out and do space work, so, like, you know, you got to rip that hoodie off if necessary. <laughs> right, and, like, if you can, like, uh, kind of, like, play with it like it's a coat or something, like it's a, <laughs> like you're a businessman. Mark, we got to stop talking about improv. Okay, so the, the remaining are cardigan, sweatshirt, jacket, and coat. Uh, what in your mind separates jacket and coat? So uh, I think, like, thickness, right? Like, a jacket is mm. probably something where I'm like, oh, maybe it's, like, a rain jacket. Maybe it is, uh, like, it's not that cold, but I just need something that's a little more, a little nicer than, like, a hoodie, but okay. not quite as, like, heavy as a winter coat, is how okay. I'm making the delineation. Sure. So, the, the, the coat is, like, a, it, it, it's, like, a, either, like, a heavy pea coat or, like, a ski jacket. Like, so yeah, like something some, like something, that. Something heavy duty to really keep you warm. Um, so, I, I think I want to put that at the very bottom of the list, the coat, uh, the, the heaviest of them. Even though it is the most useful when it is very cold, um, it always feels like I'm doing it for utilitarian purposes. So uh, my personal ranking, I think I would have sweatshirt lower, but that's just Mm. because like I uh, it is impossible to find a sweatshirt that and like this is like a pullover sweatshirt that like fits me correctly. 
they all want to be kind of boxy and i'm not a boxy dude no not a not a boxy gentleman at all and i think you and i probably experience a lot of the same uh because we're both a uh, tall lanky gentleman uh, mm-hmm. with slender frames uh, arachnid like one might yes, say we are spider men there's no hyphen there so it's not related <laughs> to spider man but we are spider <laughs> men the, the 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 problem being that sleeves uh it takes a lot to get a sleeve that comes as far down the wrist as it should yes yeah and absolutely immediately but apparent I... on, the, on a sweatshirt <laughs> so sweatshirts for me is like like towards the bottom but i don't necessarily disagree with your placement of coat uh there's no applause on this video here uh so i i apologize there um but so let's let's just round this out uh because we we've reached the end of 433 um but hoodie is number one uh and then probably what either jacket or cardigan as number uh two or three definitely jacket for me jacket is number two cardigan number three so uh sweatshirt number four coat number five that's it we've done it we were company today <laughs> we were accompanied today by guitarist philip neal or philip nell my bad um all right mark let's get into the news in celebration of mario's 35th anniversary uh the washington post ran an interview with shigeru miyamoto takashi tezuka who was the assistant director for the original super mario brothers and producer of several Mario titles. He's like a Nintendo legacy guy. Um, Yoshiaki Koizumi, who was the director of Super Mario Sunshine. And now you see him a bunch, at, or you see him in Nintendo Directs, because he's now the general deputy manager of entertainment planning and development at Nintendo. And then Kenta Motokura, who is the character designer for Super Mario Sunshine, and is now the director of titles like Super Mario 3D World and Super Mario Odyssey. So they got some like heavy hitters for this interview which was conducted in the most nintendo way it was done through email perfect so the guy so uh the interview talks about like it's actually a really good piece that i recommend everybody search out um but you know there were a few topics that they touch on that i thought were interesting and i wanted to talk about so the first one was on story and koizumi says we think about it at the very end of the game development process just as we are completing it When we create a game, Mario, the enemies, and the stages come first, and the story is there to wrap things up neatly into one world. By story here, I don't just mean that the characters say and what the characters say and what happens to them. In fact, everything that people feel when they play as Mario is part of the story. There is not just one story. In fact, I think it's different for everyone. That makes a lot of sense and kind of speaks to what, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, during... Uh, Mario month and like sort of uh, compiling our Mario memories that like you're not you're never really playing Mario for um a a story you're playing it for like the story of it is your experience making Mario run around and jump on stuff and you know uh beat up turtles like that's all uh that that's the story whatever other uh narrative dressing on there uh is is something else Yeah and like to that point Tezuka uh, says, uh, as long as there was a reason for Mario to go from left to right, the player could happily defeat enemies and move forward. More than that, because it was a game where Mario stepped on enemies, it was more important for us to create designs that made the rules intuitive. For example, shaping Buzzy Beetle's shell so it looked like it would hurt you if you stepped on it. So yeah, to that point where it's like, from the beginning, they were like, it doesn't really matter. There was, as long as there was some purpose, you know, for Mario to go from left to right. That's all that it really took. 
and you can see that they've kind of like kept that going and i think it's why we see like princess peach in peril as just like this perennial that comes back time and time again because it's like that's as far as they're concerned that's really all you need to get mario going um it's funny because it, it it sparks so many questions from idiots like us uh and then we can have conversations about like what the actual relationship between the the Koopa kids, or the Koopalings, and Bowser is, and like, are the boos uh, a biological or- organism or are they a ghost? Like, what you know, all of these uh, questions where you're like, these must adhere to some uh, form of logic, and it's like, no, it just needs to be a visually compelling thing that you understand just by looking at it, um, and they accomplish that. Yeah, and like Koizumi says, like that it comes at the end, but I. I, I think that's a li- probably a little too simplistic. Like, I do wonder how in the process that works because, you know, with Super Mario Odyssey and, like, the brutals and everything and, like, yeah. being wedding planners, like, it feels a little, like, too organic to just be something where, hey, we made these brutals and all this kind of stuff and now at the end we'll just tie it together. So I really, I wonder what it means, like, by at the end. But it's, but at the same token, it's clear that Mario games, like, don't prize narrative all that much. Yeah. Um, I had to include this quote where they talked about Flood in Sunshine. So Flood is like the backpack accessory that Mario gets that you use for a lot of the platforming in the game. Um, he like spouts water and you can use that to propel yourself or to um, like hover. And, uh, and you're says, calling Flood so- he because it talks to you. <laughs> like they, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, not that's just right, that's an right. accessory. It's a character as well. Uh, Tezuka says, the flood in Sunshine came from difficulty of handling 3D space when we developed Super Mario 64. In order to make it easier to get onto a platform, we created the hover feature where the character slowly falls as if in low gravity. Also, because it was difficult to stomp on the enemy in Super Mario 64, we created ways to defeat them using water. And I have to say, personally, for myself, this is 100% true and probably one of the reasons why I like why I feel like Sunshine is more fun to play than Super Mario 64 is I don't really like the way Mario controls in Mario 64, but I think having the extra um like ability to refine time, your yeah. movement is like makes a big difference to me. Yeah, um and it, it is uh it is something that you see in a lot of um 3D platformers, uh there being some sort of way to fine-tune jumps. Um you know, even uh, in later Mario games like uh, Mario Galaxy, where you've got like the, the spin attack move isn't just an attack. It is also like a little bit of like correction to the jump. Um, so you can really, you know, position where you are. And, you know, one of the things that uh, kind of all 3D platformers do, but I, I think we can owe it to specifically to Mario, is that Mario's shadow is always directly below him, regardless of where the light source would logically be. Um, so you always have a marker on the ground of where Mario is about to land. Um, but like in, in conjunction with anything that lets you sort of like adjust where you're jumping, um, you get a lot more accuracy that way. And there's nothing like that in 64. And then finally, in talking about Super Mario Run, uh, Tezuka says, We started by thinking we should incorporate cool looking parkour action to give players that feeling that comes with skilled control. But then again, if we couldn't get the kinds of experiences we wanted in an action game from our prototypes, we might have stopped developing Super Mario Run. In other words, we do not run haphazardly towards an idea. We first find something that might work, and then we work hard on it. That is why we don't mind when the work is hard. 
They do not mind when the work is hard. That's charming. That is a charming thing to say. That is charming. And I I guess, again, like, there wasn't anything in here that was super, like, revelatory. But I do think, because, you know, we've heard them talk about before how they create these prototypes and they try to find find a fun idea. And then from there, they're like, okay, like, what character does this make sense for? Or, you know, like, that sort of stuff. And it makes sense that with Super Mario Run, they were like, we got to have, like, a fun idea, and then we will figure out the rest of it later. Yeah, and it is it is interesting to, like, hear someone articulate a uh, cool-looking parkour, and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that is what Super Mario Run is. Like, when, because, you know, if, if you don't uh, make Mario jump at all, he'll just sort of vault over a Goomba as, as it approaches, uh, a feature I miss in, in uh, when I go back to play, like, another new Super Mario Brothers game. Um but yeah, it's like the game does look cool and like has a fluidity to it that's really impressive. Uh, and it's it's neat that they were able to develop a whole, albeit mobile, game around it. Yeah, and l- like you're saying, like the cool parkour and that they want to give players the feeling that comes with like skilled control. So, you know, like that somebody who really knows how to control yes. Mario, like that anybody could kind of like have that experience. Yep, and is is still to me a a bewildering thing that Super Mario Run is able able to pull off something that feels like a test of uh like Mario platforming ability uh when the input is just a single button push. It's really remarkable. Yeah, yeah. Um last week Nintendo reported its latest quarterly financial results. There wasn't really a lot of news that came out of it other than some sales number updates for the Switch and for some software. Like, uh, the Switch has sold 68.30 million units as of September 30th. That means the Switch has now officially outsold the NES, in addition to the Wii U, the GameCube, the Nintendo 64, and the SNES. So as far as the home consoles are concerned, it is just behind the Wii? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And next up in like its sights is the Nintendo 3DS. Which I think is somewhere around like maybe 10 million units more than the Switch has sold right now. Yeah, so, I was gonna say I, I I think it's in the high 70s somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, N- Nintendo Switch, uh, you know, selling well. I hope uh that it continues to sell well. Uh, again, we we are a week of uh new new consoles launching. Um, and it'll be interesting to see like how that affects um the sort of trajectory that the Switch has been on sales wise. Um, cause there hasn't really been anything big and new in the game space to sort of like interrupt that, uh, the entire time the system has been out. Um, this is, this is it, this, uh, you know, we, there may be a, a brick wall here. We also learned that Fire Emblem Three Houses is now the best-selling Fire Emblem game ever at over 3 million copies sold. And then... Also, like, Super Mario 3D All-Stars has sold over 5 million copies in, like, the month and a half that it was released. So, you know, again, just speaking to the, uh, you know, maybe the, the force scarcity of that uh, is, is effective. Or maybe people just want to play Super Mario 64 again. Yeah, and I think it uh, is probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> Nintendo President Shintura Furukawa announced in a conference call surrounding the financial results that Switch production has fully recovered after being supply-constrained earlier this year. He also said, quote, The Switch hardware momentum remains strong, and we think that's because production has recovered so customers 
were previously unable to find a Switch on store shelves are now able to. Couldn't find them for a while. Uh, and now, now, you, now you can? I don't know. Did you know anyone who's uh, purchased a Switch in the last, like, three months? No, I don't. But uh, most everybody I knew already had one. One, one thing point. that I thought was interesting with um, looking at, like, the numbers of how many types of systems were sold, like, uh, earlier in the year, Nintendo sold so many uh, Switch lights in the Americas. And I wonder if that's because the, like, uh, Switch Prime or whatever we want to call it was yeah, supply-constrained. And, like, yeah, that was the only thing that was available. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially because, like, I largely think of the, uh, the like, market reason for the Switch Lite being Pokemon. Um, and, like, Pokemon sort of had its moment, and I'm sure there are people still playing it. But, like, um, that doesn't feel like the prime reason why people are picking up the switch right there are so many other big hitters um and like system drivers like breath of the wild like uh animal crossing um that uh yeah it, that's the the switch light is is an interesting sort of wrinkle in there on monday nintendo released their holiday gift guide which is available on their website it's mostly an ad no surprise but they also previewed their black friday deals uh which will be on november 27th for reference so same as last year, I think you're getting a Switch bundle with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and three months of Nintendo Switch Online for $299.99. And that'll be available starting Sunday, uh, November 22nd. Right. So that just is, is five days before Black Friday. These are all their Black Friday deals, but every single one of them goes into effect before Black Friday. So if you're trying to look, check out the, the gift guide on the website because it is uh, tricky. All the dates that we are about to give you for these deals are different. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so with with the uh, the Switch bundle, um, I think this. I'm about to say something that I have no idea if it's true or not. But last year, the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe bundle was like the old Switch rev- before yes. the revision with like the bigger battery and like all that kind of stuff. I believe the one this year is just like the new standard one, the one that had like the improved battery and all of that. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I don't believe that they've just been sitting on like the old, old ones for like over yeah. a year now waiting for this yeah. bundle. Mark, I also don't know that, but I believe that is true. It, it just, <laughs> because they have, they have effectively replaced uh, the old version of the Switch with the new version of the switch it's not really it, like it is a, an upgrade to the hardware um but it is not a new product um so like yeah i think they're they're just moving it off the shelf and now uh you know the the, the new bundle um which like is a pretty good deal right if you don't have a switch and mario kart 8 deluxe already um it's uh you're, you're getting one of the best games on the platform effectively for free um and the three months of nintendo switch online Still a little bit weird to me that you're right. This is the same bundle that we've seen before. Um, and like, I guess, you know, what better uh, ambassador you, could you possibly have for the Switch than Mario Kart? But like, it, it's a little weird that it hasn't changed at all. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's interesting that it's like the same exact thing as we saw last year. But I also agree with you where you're like, yeah, what better game than Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? The literally best-selling Switch game, uh, right. you know. Uh, very close very close behind by uh animal crossing at this point animal crossing new horizon is like very fat quickly catching up with mario kart 8 deluxe which is kind of nuts 
And the uh, three months of Nintendo Switch Online mean that you also have access to the uh, SNES Switch Online catalog, the uh, NES Switch Online catalog, Super Mario Brothers 35, and Tetris 99. So like, yeah, that's true. There's there's a lot of content in there for the price of uh, three hundred dollars for the Switch. Other deals include twenty dollars off select first party games, including uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, Mario Tennis Aces. Yoshi's Crafted World, Super Mario Maker 2, Luigi's Mansion 3, and more. That starts on Friday, November 20th. Um, also, 50% off Pokemon Let's Go starting Wednesday, November 25th. And then $10 off Minecraft Dungeons Heroes Edition starting on the 22nd. So some pretty solid deals. Yeah, and the 10, uh, the 10 bucks off Minecraft Dungeons brings it from $29.99 to $19.99. So... You know, it's a it is a, a a sizable chunk of that price tag getting slashed. I want to know what this and more means um, in the uh, $20 off select first party games, um, because Link's Awakening, Mario Tennis Aces, Yoshi's Crafted World, Super Mario Maker 2 and Luigi's Mansion 3 are all games that I own already. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> I felt the same way when I was looking at that list. Like I was looking for games where, although I don't know which like Nintendo first party titles. I haven't picked up that like I've Great been point. waiting to pick up, but yeah, I am interested to see what the and more is. Although I do think you know, uh, I liked Link's Awakening. I paid sixty bucks for it, and I think that was a great price. But like forty bucks for it is it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Same with like Tennis Aces as well. I feel like. Yep, agree. Um, yeah, and and the other games also Yoshi's Crafted World. I mean, like a lot of these games are like super solid forty dollar games, acceptable as sixty dollar games, but uh, you know, really, really great at that price. Um, I'm wondering if we'll see something like um, uh, Damon X Machina or mm. Astral Chain mm-hmm. or uh, M- Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Um, because I I saw that Ultimate Alliance is on sale at, uh maybe on like Best Buy or what was. Places are there are a lot of like promotions just sort of popping up now, uh, sort of in the lead up to a Black Friday that's going to be different from all previous Black Fridays, um, and uh, yeah, one of them was uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, um, for maybe fifteen dollars off, and I was thinking about picking it up because that sounds like a fun game to play, um, with Sarah, uh, get some local co op going on that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Ooh, I would be tempted, I think, with Astral Chain for 20 bucks off. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, that's, th- those are, those are three good uh, candidates for that. Um, I mean, I guess Damon X Machina, I, I, I still wouldn't get it at no. 40 bucks. <laughs> how, how cheap would Damon X Machina have to be for you to buy it, Mark? I think I, I would buy it for, let's say 15. Yeah, I, I was going to say 14.99 as well. All right, good. We're on the same page. <laughs> But that, I mean, that, uh, but if, uh, I mean, I guess it, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead, titles. backpedal now, backpedal no, now. No, no, Mark. no, not, not about that. I was just going to say that we had just spent the last like five minutes talking about titles that are not confirmed to be on this list of sales. That's correct, um, yes. Uh, and then also, maybe if you're picking up some of these Black Friday deals, you'll be doing it on Amazon. Amazon and Nintendo are teaming up with for some special Super Mario Brothers themed packaging in the month of November. Um, the boxes are in limited quantity and will be used randomly. And they specifically point out that buying a Nintendo product does not increase your odds of getting the special boxes. They're pretty cute. They're like the Nintendo Red with um, like three different iterations of Mario. And, you know, like also with Mario, Mario with Luigi. 
on the boxes. They're cute boxes, but I got to know, like, what's the point of this? Like, what <laughs> if if you can't if you can't, like, increase your odds of getting one of them by buying a Nintendo product? What is the why do this? <laughs> Maybe I uh, do you think that there are people and maybe I am one of those people who will like increase their purchases from Amazon in the month of November in hopes that they will get one of these like Mario boxes. Now, what do you, what you do with a Mario box? box? Get it. I do not know. I could not tell you. You recycle it with the rest of your boxes. (laughs) Um, There's also a special super Mario 35 Nintendo page on Amazon. It's on like the web. It's in the app Um, on the page. There's a hidden, link where you can earn a hundred platinum points just wow. for like clicking it. Um how how hidden is it? It's not very hidden. Okay. It's like <laughs> okay, great. yeah, just like yeah. Click on the thing you think it is going to be and it is. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for it while you're reading the next item. <laughs> well so when I was like claiming it, I like <clears throat> basically finally speaking of the Super Mario 35 page uh on Nintendo's website, I noticed that it now has extra missions. Um, so there's oh. 13 now before there were just six, I think. Um, and I am surprised that there wasn't more pomp and circumstance over the additional missions being added. Granted, like the missions are kind of, they were not great in the first wave where it was like, you know, buy the $60 game or click on this thing. But the ones uh, now are even like a little more bottom of the barrel than before. Regardless, there are now a total of 13 missions that you can do. Um, Some you can't do anymore, like Mario Kart Tour. But the new ones that they added are explore the Super Mario Brothers 35 anniversary page on Amazon. Create a Mario Kart Live home circuit racer ID, which you can do online. You don't have to own like the game. You can sign up for the Super Mario Maker 2 Ninji Speedrun Online Challenge. And then you get an additional challenge is just to participate in the Ninji Speedrun Challenge. Another one is to read the monthly Nintendo newsletter, play Super Mario Brothers 35. Hey, that's one I already have. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, redeem and then that redeem one right a now. A code from Coldstone Creamery. Um, by doing these, it seems like like on the rewards page, it still has the pins listed still has the entry into the Mario contest, into the Mario sweepstakes. I don't know if you can actually still get pins or if they are planning on a second wave. Um, but oh, I can tell you that you cannot get pins at present. It says this reward is no longer available. Oh, okay. All right. So I guess you're just doing it for the love of Mario 35, and I've definitely done worse for less. Uh, oh, I mean, absolutely. But also, like, we know that there are other pins, right? They showed us um, a dozen pins and just released six before, uh, and we had heard uh, rumors that there being a, a second wave. Uh, and are those uh, these other six pins? Is it the same six pins again? Uh, you know, again, as always, as will always be the case, Nintendo is not super forthcoming about their plans <laughs> and how you can get your hands on hard to get things. Uh, they remain hard to get. They remain mysterious. Um, and this is uh, this is no exception. Um, Mark, are you interested in participating in this Ninji Speedrun Challenge? What is it? Yeah, I forgot what it was. I feel like, did they talk about it uh, in the Mario 35, 35th Anniversary Direct? It was... Yeah, that's possible. It sounds um, vaguely familiar, but I don't 
remember. But yeah, always uh, like another reason to boot up Super Mario Maker 2. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, great. All right, good. So we're going to complete at least one more mission. And then maybe someday get an ice cream cake. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Um, That helps us out a lot. We like it when you do it. Um, You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apapetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying if Demon X Machina drops to below $15, we'll definitely buy it. Below $12, we'll definitely buy it. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media or wherever you find your podcast. Campfire.